0: This evening, we are keeping some illustrious company. I'm talking people who did something so momentous that people threw millions of dollars into a pot to make a film about them. We have an army general, a blues legend, and a civil rights trailblazer. All this and more to come on tonight's They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Hello, good evening. My name is Tosin, and I am your host for the next hour and a half as we go back through history in Hollywood and find films that were just awesome. Things that as the as the name doesn't the entertain, they don't make them like they used to. Um, you are listening to Sunshine Radio at St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. I'd like to say a special welcome to the show to Judith in Alveston Ward, the adopted ward of this show in the hospital, who I spoke to earlier today. Judith, thank you for joining us, and you will be hearing your voice and your choice later. But first of all, I'd like to say hello and welcome to my embattled compatriots <laughs> who, who held down the fort last week while I was away pretending to be famous. That's Sean. Hi, yeah. And Sharon.
1: Hello. How are you guys doing?
2: Alrighty, righty, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm
1: good. I've I've I've, I've seen loads actually. Yeah, have <laughs> you? Loads, yeah. Oh, you I've must have seen, seen,
2: seen loads in filming in Wales. In,
0: well, I, 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 well, not really. I mean, we were sixteen hours day on days on set. You know how people who say who work on film say that they never get to watch anything.
1: Yeah, I yeah. can believe
0: it because there because there was just so much work going into this and some of the craftsmanship was
1: crazy.
0: It was absolutely crazy, but it's yeah, it was it it was quite a busy week. It was a really, really But you re- had
1: fun by the sound of it.
0: Oh, I totally loved it. Totally yeah, loved yeah. it. I mean, I I think I'm going back in a couple of weeks. I just absolutely I loved the whole experience of seeing how a film is made because you had a world-famous director, a guy called Shaka Kapoor, who did um yeah elizabeth and elizabeth the golden age he was a director and seeing the way he worked and seeing the way he like you know did with other people and how he would bring an actor in and how he would give it because i was close enough like i could actually hear the notes he was giving the actors so it was it was it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of cool. fun but yeah yeah really really well done for holding down the fort last week i know you guys are wondering whether i was away making a film i was hanging around yeah, in the background yeah. hoping that somebody could see my elbow in the final thing. <laughs>
1: Well, we thought you might have been actually making a video because we know you you make videos well. too. So we, yeah, did, we, yeah. we we didn't know if you were perhaps filming Snowdonia. Is it Snowdonia? <laughs> <anywhere else? Yeah. laughs> or somewhere <laughs> nice. Doing Snowdonia, a, promo- doing a or, promotional film. or the, I, the, I the Brecken Beacons or something yeah. like that. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I mean, that, that does happen sometimes. But this time around, I was being an extra. Cool. Uh, right. But yeah, I'm glad to be back here with you guys. Really, really glad to be back here with you guys. So um, while we stop naturaling, let's explain to you what this show actually happens on this show. So on this show, we go back and we talk about films made before 1980. And we uh, choose, first of all, a bona fide classic, which is a film that just widely is admit it's just accepted that this is an awesome film. Then we go into the hospital for a patient choice because you don't really want to listen to us talk about how great we think our knowledge is. We want to hear about patients' choices. I want to hear about the first film they saw at the cinema, what their favorite film of all time was. You will hear that second. Then third, we will have a hidden gem. And this is a film that we think has not gotten its due. Great film, awesome film, great performances, great directions. Nobody knows that it exists. And we will go back and we will drag that film kicking and screaming into the light and give it its day in the sun. And we will end the show, well, end the first part of the show off with an exception to the rule. Where we pick a film that was made after 1980 that we think is good enough to hang, to stand up and hold its head high in any one of these film eras that we talk about tonight. <sighs> Sound good guys? Sounds, sounds good, good to us. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so now this evening we're going to be going into biopics. Now, this is how some people say the word, biopics. And I used to wonder why people call them biopics because I always thought like when you hear biopic it sounds like you know you've got an eyesight condition or something like that. Yeah. It's like oh that guy's a bit biopic. And um that it was until I separated the two words a couple of years ago and I realised that we're talking about biopics. So essentially biographic pictures about people's lives. I mean, you guys ever have
1: that problem?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You look at a word and you think, yeah. what's the best way of saying that? Um, is it biopic or biopic? biopic?
1: Yeah, because if it's a biopic, the thing is, a biopic it could be, the, oh, of biological warfare, you know, pandemic-y <laughs> kind of <Yeah>. type <laughs> thing. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I think either... I'm, I, I mean I I know there's a lot on this these sort of the different pronunciation pronunciations pronunciation Pronunciations, <laughs> yeah. there you go. and you know, you know started, but for, for me I think whatever works really yeah I think whatever works you know and
2: language is about communication isn't it, it what is, communicates really. the best way of saying this describes the film in the best way yeah so well I would, I would, I would go with either I, I mean the thing is if you
1: look at really old English and how how language has changed through the years you know, when it was like, I'll oh, put put a thin over my knee, whatever. Yeah. But okay. now I think it's going to be tech speak in like maybe a oh, hundred yeah. years, and and the, the the written language will be, you know, will be obsolete yeah. pretty much. Yeah, pr- pretty much. So I yeah. like always, the-
2: previous but, languages sometimes when you read text speaks you have to say it out loud to understand what it means yeah and i look at it and think oh, i don't know what that means no
0: that's it <laughs> okay okay but okay, I, so, yeah. but, but it is, like it, having said that i do think that biopic makes a lot more sense than the biopic yeah i do because yeah. biopic tells you exactly what it is so now there's like i was thinking about this when we said we we're going to do biopics today and i think that there's a couple of different types of biopics there's the cradle to the grave biopic Yes. which essentially tells you this person was born then this happened and this, this happened then this happened then this happened and this happened and then they died end of film mm. and where they just tries to cover absolutely everything and then there's a there's a period of time a uh, period of life biopic which is kind of like okay we're gonna go we're gonna zoom into this one area of this person's life yeah. where yeah. this one momentous thing and we're gonna tell the story around that i think it, we're not talking about the film today but a film like capote which is yeah. yeah, it has his name on it. It's about Truman Capote, but it's not really about his life. It's about it's it's pretty much the biography of one of his books. Yeah, yeah, in Cold Blood, and it's like how this book actually came to be. And then a new a new genre that seems to have come out. I'm not sure whether it's always been there, but it's it's in the last couple of years. It's kind of the imagined biopic. Like there was a Miles Davis movie called Miles Ahead, made <laughs> released earlier this year. What, uh, what
1: what about the Little Richard one? Because was there a Little Richard?
0: A little Richard. I haven't seen a little Richard one. There was no. a James Brown one. James Brown. Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, the James, the James Brown one is a weird mix of all those things. I was going to talk about that in a second when we get into some of our films. Okay. There was, it was a weird mix of all those, all those things. Um, uh, it was a little bit creative to the grave, but it was also a little bit like you know the imagined biopic. Like for instance, the imagined one. You have Miles, da- the Miles Davis movie was called Miles Ahead, and it's there's a period of Miles Davis's life that people don't really know what happened. They have, like, sketches. And so they made this film and they just sort of, like, came up with this thing and they said, this is kind of what we can imagine Miles Davis would have done, but there's no evidence for any of this actually happening. <laughs> so it's uh, it's, a, it's a new thing. It's a different way of going about it. But we will, we will find out which types of films we're talking about with these. So, Sean... You chose our first biopic today. Yep, I did. A 1970 film. Okay, and would you like to tell us which one of these
1: categories do you think that this biopic, that this biopic falls into? Um, well, it's it's just as probably this this person's most famous area. Obviously, okay. a, a World War Two general, and it focuses main well all of it really is focused on on his World War Two career as well, So would you like to tell us what film it is that you've chosen for our, for our bonafide classic tonight? Uh, okay this fide classic this was a film that when I saw uh, I saw it when I was quite young and I thought it was one of those that was a, a bit long and I wasn't sure if I enjoyed it but I've seen it a couple of times since and it is actually uh, I think it's great I think it's a masterpiece and it is a 1970 pattern with George C. Scott playing the title role Patton or
0: George C. Scott Mm -hmm. and from Patton here is the main title theme by Jerry Goldsmith
1: quite an interesting piece of music there from Jerry Goldsmith. Indeed, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. I quite like Jerry Goldsmith. Do you remember a few weeks ago, maybe it's months, we spoke about "Go Tell the Spartans." Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse that was me. probably about
1: a year ago. Yeah. Well, the music. If you listen to the music in "Go Tell the Spartans," actually, use that. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the <coughs> part... Sorry, you
0: okay, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, that I actually heard the bits of that. I was listening to it, and I was thinking, oh wow. I finally know which piece of music Police Academy was spoofing,
3: mm-hmm. oh because my.
0: because there's bits of that that sound like you know the ta da ta da ta da ta 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 I was like, I was listening going oh my god, Police Academy totally ripped this off. <laughs>. <laughs>,
1: <clears throat> All right, cool. So Sean, if you can, I can. Yep. Okay. If- this 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 film, as I say, with with um, as I say, I'm made in nineteen seventy, won seven Academy Awards. And uh, for best picture, won the best picture, best original screenplay, and Scott won it for the best actor. Oh, yeah? Now, what I like about, what I find with these, th- these films is, I guess when I was younger, it was uh, some of the equipment, you know, it was, it was really up to date, like the tanks. They they were all modern tanks and that, and I was like, when I was younger, I was like, whoa, whoa. And I actually researched, and it was saying that there w- wasn't much in the way of World War II tanks about when it was made, so they had to, mock up other tanks and it was same same with other films like Battle of the Bulge and Kelly's Heroes and it's only recently with the CGI and like uh, Fury and those sort of films that they've managed to, to recreate the tanks because before you know they couldn't it was just they had to find vehicles to to play the part but apart from that it's absolutely excellent and I think George C. Scott absolutely nails it in fact it wouldn't surprise me if he was Patton uh, <laughs> and all, It's funny cuz all through the film he keeps saying like he was a uh, oh I was I was one of Napoleon's marshals I was in Alexander the Great's army I've thought this Carthaginian so what he's saying he was born for war and he's he's had all these different Oh so that's Patton. Patton's in it. Yeah, Patton. So Patton is basically saying you know oh yeah I was I was here cuz there's a a place in um North Africa where he goes take a right turn take a right turn. And they go up to like this, he said, the Carthaginians were here and the Romans were over there and yeah. I was here. And yeah. I was, and like people humor him. So he's like, a, you know, just this total, total, all, uh, he, all okay. he wants to
0: do is soldiers. Okay, cool. So uh, I'll give you a break. And I just like, to, because I know a lot of the pattern. I know that it's, it was just kind of like seen as a bit of a technical masterpiece when it was made. That when it was, when it was made, they had like, you know, there was a whole of thing where, cinemas were a certain size and it starts off with an image of an american flag and then and then Patton comes out and he stands in front of this american flag and he speaks directly to camera and what they said is that in the, it was filmed in such a way that the f- that essentially Patton would have been life size in most cinemas when that was released. So you'd have had this massive American flag and you'd have this life size person standing there addressing the audience. And it gives like the one of like this famous speech from the movie, which is like, "No person, I'm paraphrasing here, <laughs> sort of like no person ever won a war by dying for his country. He won a war by making the other person <laughs> die for right. his country. I all that kind of stuff." And so, but, so with that, I think that's like the first blast you get. Of Patton, but could you tell us a little bit about, like, you know, so who who Patton I- is or was, and like, you know, how the film approaches that?
1: Okay, the film approaches that is is Patton was like this um uh, quite a charismatic general. He mm-hmm. was a, you know, he was a general in the army, he was he started off as a just a like a army general and then gradually became worked his way up. Yeah. But that that opening scene with the big American flag. Yeah. And it w- was an actual speech he gave to the Third Army, but they. Slightly changed, changed the speech because the actual speech he gave he used a lot more, you know, language. So yeah, <laughs> a lot more colourful language. So, <laughs> so they sort of they couldn't really do that. Otherwise, it would have, you, you know, at the, t- at the time the censorship it would have got an R rating, rating purely for the for the language. Yeah. Whereas nowadays it, it probably wouldn't wouldn't bother at all. But um I think it Scott portrays how how you could imagine being and absolutely brilliant. In fact. They're probably the same same person, you know. That's what, that's what I mean. Well, uh, that, that would be one of those films where Scott is is Patton, based. Well, yeah, yeah. where well, he just he just yeah. essentially gets subsumed by like, consumed, you know, you seeing, consumed by the role. Like you you stop yeah. seeing you stop seeing Scott. You just see Patton. But hmm. and it starts off with Kessarine Pass. Now this is when the Americans first got involved in North Africa, and and in the Second defeat, World War. Second World War, yeah. and they get defeated. So their Pattern comes over and decides that he's gonna. You know, he he sort of takes over, and he want, really, really wants to fight Rommel, but Rommel's ill at the time, so he's like, he gets a bit, ah, oh, you know, I want Rommel, yeah. And he's got this big rival with Montgomery, you know, um which who is the British commander, if you will, yeah, yeah. And they, so there's this big rivalry, and I, I did a bit of research on this, and actually, there wasn't that much rivalry between them. It was it was all it, it, was, it was it was built up quite a lot and, for the film, and they do think. I mean this is interesting away from the film is that if they'd have worked together they probably would have finished the war a year because they were you know they were kept apart all the time and they fought on this broad front but they reckon if they'd have fought United together be. so Montgomery would have been like the idea and then Patton would have been the one to execute yeah, it. the one to execute it uh, he, he could turn his army you know 90 degrees send them any way they can okay. or, and, yeah sorry, sorry, yep yeah, Anyway, basically, so so he does really well, and then he goes into the hospital, and there's the famous scene where he slaps a soldier, basically, calls him a coward, says, I don't want no cowards in this hospital when you've got heroes. And, of course, he gets nailed for that. He's like, well, you know, we can't give you any command now because of that. That sort of haunts him all the way through. Yeah. And he he sort of really regrets it, and they send him, it goes up to D-Day, and they send him off to Kent to be in charge of these imaginary armies. You know, because they did do that, they tried to fake it, so they thought they'd be oh, oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, part so of Calais, yeah. So they would keep the like, so like a decoy, was the general, yeah. And there's this great scene, and it's one of my favorite scenes where he's in Kent and he goes to this, this British village, you know, and you've got all the the s- proper villagey type people, they all turn out to hear him speak. Yeah. And he's got this guy, do- he gets out of the car and he's got this dog, I guess he wants to be like Winston Churchill, it's, a, it's American bulldog, yeah. yeah, American. <laughs> and he, he comes out and he goes. Now this is we're got to call is like but yeah this is a fighter this dog's a fighter and one woman's got this little pikenese thing yeah and it goes raw, 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 <laughs> and he cows away and he sort of looks at him it was just a light hearted moment yeah. you know it's just a light hearted moment and uh, I, I, that particular scene is 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 spot on scene but then at the end of the film obviously he manages to get a command they they actually give him a command because the British are all bogged down and they decide that they do this Operation Cobra which you know is like a a massive, massive flank attack, and Patton's obviously the guy to do it. So they give it to him, and obviously he works his way through the south to relieve the north. And as he's he's about to go into Germany, there's the Battle of the Bulge, and all all the generals are there, all the allied generals, and they're like, well, you know, who can we use? Is there anybody volunteers that could relieve Bastogne? And he goes, I'm already ready, I've had my people working on it, and I'll have them there. And So he becomes, a little bit more popular you know and people start to like him because at the start the actual army they're a bit well he's a bit he's a bit of an outcast mm. yeah but they, they they do really love him but he does take a lot of casualties you know he's he doesn't he doesn't mind about casualties so, so okay now the
0: thing is because i've seen um, the buildings pattern that really stands out for me is one of the closing scenes in it and it makes me think like um a bit like someone like Winston churchill people said that he was a brilliant brilliant wartime prime minister but like once the war finished, it was kind of like he didn't really know what to do because... He wanted
1: to fight the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to fight the
0: Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. Like, it's like when the war was over, it was kind of like his his shortcomings started being made up. Uh, because he was like brilliant for wartime, but like during peacetime, he wasn't the best. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. the best, yeah. And, and, it's, um, and I know... Because with Patton, I know Winston Churchill obviously he was in charge of World War Two. He rallied the nation and everything like that. That's why people would think, yeah, that's a man worthy of making a film about him. But what was it that Patton did that made people think worthy of making a film about him? That's first question. If you're going to ask that, I
1: think probably because he was a controversial character. Because you know there was there was two schools of thought that that some some people think he was an absolute you know brilliant general, and others are like because of some of the things he did, you know, lost quite a few men and. And the stuff he did with the prisoners, so he's quite controversial. You know, so you've got like two camps, mm. oh, which I yeah. think is always fine. You know, some who think he's—it's the same with with, with Montgomery. The same, you with get a, Monty. Isn't Monty it? You know, he's, you've got people a People love him, or yeah.
2: people think he was overrated.
1: And and I think that's what. So they become a bit of an enigma. So you have to work it out for yourself. And yeah. I think that's why you think you know you know which way you're going to go. So so w- w- which side would you say the film comes down on? Does it come down on Patton the hero? Patton, or is it like more I, even even handed? Feel- no, it's. I would say, at the end of the film, I I, I like Patton myself. You know? <laughs> it does. He, he sort of, the, and the couple of times I've seen it, he's endeared himself to me yeah. more from this. You know, because I just think he was. All he wanted to do was was you know be a soldier and, and a fight. And, you know, if he went inside his psyche, that's all he wanted to do. You know? Yeah. And there's a great scene in the movie where he's with the Russians, right? They meet up with the Russians, and it's like they're like having a it's the end of the war and you've got the Russian generals and all that. Yeah. And he goes, you know, oh, I'm not I'm not talking and the Russian general says, Do you want to drink? And he goes, I'm not drinking with no Russian son of a bitch. You know <laughs> And the interpreter's saying, I can't say well, that, I anybody- can't tell him that. And he <laughs> says, You tell him every word. You tell him every word. So he tells him every word, and the old Russian it's bloke like- looks, you think, Oh, we'll be free. And then the Russian bloke says, Well, he calls him a son of a bitch as well and old Patton says yeah well, I drink to that and have a drink so. okay so it's um for anybody of a, of a
0: of a delicate disposition we'd like to apologize for sorry oh yeah <laughs> sure. sorry that was well that was mild he probably said something a lot worse than that I would think he probably did he probably yeah. did for, for yeah for sure so for anybody who's offended by that we're sorry
1: we're sorry yeah I do apologize <laughs> all, right. all right cool
0: well, but is, and I do remember that there was a that, that there's a like at the end of the film, it, it you do have this whole thing like the Second World War is over and Patton seems a bit lost in that he doesn't know he doesn't quite know what to do with himself because hey I'm made for war and there's nothing to yeah, fight now. they
1: they actually put him in charge of the reconstruction of of um, Germany. Yeah, so originally to start with, and at the end of at the end of the film, there's a scene where a cart smashes into a car and narrowly avoids him because that that's how he was was eventually he was killed in a car crash. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah because I think I've seen this see last thing he's in the jeep driving away mm. actually there's a there's a film called Brass Target which is about the, they wanted to assassinate Patton it's quite a good film yeah I just thought of that Brass ta- Brass Target and they get an assassin so the actual car thing is he gets shot before and um, George Kennedy plays Patton and that that's just I just, just thought just of <laughs> that into your head just <laughs> <come> <laughs> into so that, head. that'll make a nice double bill Patton and Brass Target yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Okay, cool. Thanks a lot for that, Sean. So, patterned first choice, a bona fide classic today. And now, oh, before we get into a patient choice, we have this. Hang on a second. I said we have this there we go so what we have is we have a quiz and this is a movie legend it is a movie legend quiz right
1: it is a movie legend quiz yeah this this, yeah it's it's a movie
0: legend quiz so what sean's going to do is sean at different areas during the show is going to give us a clue he's going to give us four different clues and we have to guess by the end of the show his, or whoever the person is that he's talking about. Now, feel free to play along in the hospital. Feel free to play along if you're listening on the podcast. Just don't look it up on the internet and let's try and figure out who it is Sean is talking about. So Sean, what is our first clue? Okay, the first clue,
1: this one is, after Michael Madsen was found to be unavailable for for this part, this actor tried to get the role of Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. One of the few times he actively pursued a part. However, by that point the casting Quentin Tarantino had John Travolta in mind. And he was also offered the role of Aragorn in Lord of the Rings*. R- Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Wings. <laughs> but declined. Okay, cool. Any ideas? I have
0: some ideas, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them late for until we have something later. I'm going to keep them to have something later, but that's the first one. Good, good start. I like it. What mm. about you, Sharon? You
1: know
2: no, you? I was no, I haven't got anything just yet. One may possibly hovering there. It'd be interesting
1: uh, to know what they were wearing. Save them
2: if you like. Okay, well, I could you, say you I can thought, write it down for me. My first thought was maybe Mel Gibson. Right.
0: Okay. So, so we're actually talking, and this is a proper legend, right?
1: He's, he yeah, he's not, not just an actor, not just an actor. He's a proper legend. Wow, well, yeah, I would I would class him as a legend. Okay.
2: Well, let leaves leave Mel Gibson out then a little bit. Though <laughs> 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 so he was uh, legendary in some films.
0: I still think Le- Mel Gibson's legendary if we just yeah. look at the films and ignore the tabloid. Well, yeah, so, some <laughs> of the other things. Is, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So now we go into a patient choice every Friday evening. We go into Alveston Ward, which is our adopted ward in the hospital, and we go. uh We ask one person about the first film they ever saw in the cinema and today I met Judith hello again Judith uh, everybody say hi to Judith hi Judith. hi Judith, <laughs> hi, Judith. <laughs> and obedient, I, if nothing else yeah I, I, I met Judith and um yeah she mentioned a film that I think is fast if we had like a if I was counting which I am which I haven't been but I'm pretty sure that this is the film that has appeared the most times as people's first film that they saw in the cinema since we've been doing this show so here's what Judith had to say Okay, cool. So you were telling me the first. Time yes, I went to the, the cinema. first
4: time I went to the cinema was to see The Sound of Music with my mum and dad and my brothers and sisters. I can't remember what year it was, but it was a long time ago. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: now, a lot of the people who we speak to talk about, like in you know, a Saturday morning cinema, was this a Saturday morning yeah. or was it?
4: No, this was a Saturday afternoon in the, what was called the Odeon, well, the Savoy, which is on the corner of um, opposite Pizza Express in Newport. On the corner. And that's where we went. And if you, we went upstairs into the circle. So there was two rows. You could go downstairs into the stalls or upstairs in the circle. So we went up there. Yeah.
0: Was there any particular reason you went upstairs? Was that, were they cheaper? Or?
4: No, no, It's because it was the best place to see see the film. Yeah, you look down on the screen rather than up. Yeah, so that's where we went.
0: All right. And what do you remember of the sound of music in the intervening years?
4: Well, really just Julie Andrews running like a hill. <laughs> And all the children in their um, matching outfits made out of curtains. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. And if we could play you one song for Sound of Music this evening, which one would you choose?
4: Well, I suppose it would have to be um, The Hills Are Alive, Sound of Music.
0: Yes. And here for for you, Judith, is The Hills Are Alive. You know, I never realized the song actually started like this. It's like one of these things you just have like in a nice Austrian hillside. Wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> oh, she, she's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I think The Sound of Music must be the, the film we've, we've spoken about since the show's been going, really. I was thinking Sound
2: of Music and Pinocchio, Pinocchio seem to be the, the two one. that yeah. seem to come up quite frequently. Yeah, I think so
0: The Sound good. of Music has got Pinocchio beats. Do you think? <laughs> I, think it's, I think The Sound of Music has got... I mean, I never thought about it. If not, I would have been keeping score. I'd have to go back and listen through every seven, each of them 70, 70 three shows. I shows, yeah. figure out what song, which... which which film has been picked the most times? Well, I'm
1: pretty sure it yeah. it's Sound of Music. It it seems to crop up a lot, doesn't it? You know, and I'm mean, well, it just proves that uh, what an impact it must have had at yeah. the time. people well, do
2: you remember it?
1: They do. Yeah, yeah I
0: mean, I think it's an awesome. Uh, it's just one of those things where everything comes together. I'm trying. I was trying to figure out what have we said, what what have. What is yet there to say about the sound of music that we haven't already said oh, <laughs> on this covered. show? That's what I was yeah, We've covered thinking.
2: our favorite songs, haven't we? Yeah. And yeah. our favorite things yeah. Yeah. in the film. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, Sharon. I like that, Sharon. Yeah. And <laughs> We're Thank you, everybody. Disgusted. She'll be here all evening. <laughs> We've discussed our, you know, what clo- what clothing we'd probably like to make out of curtains. <laughs> I don't think uh, we've no, done I don't that. Think oh, maybe that's next done. then. We'll maybe we'll come to work wearing, say, matching dungarees <laughs> or something. But it's funny about... To do about the next show. <laughs> it's,
1: it's about favourite songs, So I think the, the, yeah. the time we did it a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? I am 16, th- was that the one that we played? Yeah, we are 16 going on 17. Yeah, that was, the, that was the one we played before, and I think when we've done it before, another one was... Um, Edelweiss? A- no, or favourite things? No, no, no. Nobody's asked for Edelweiss. No, because you don't
2: like Edelweiss, do you? (laughs) But you do taste it, don't you? I like Edelweiss. I like Edelweiss as well. And I do like a Deer and all that. But the only only line I don't like in Doa Deer is where they sing tea, a drink with jam and bread. I don't know why I don't like that line, but I just don't like that line.
0: A tea with uh, jam and br- mm, mm. tea, a drink Th- with jam and bread. S- and
2: then when they do the reprise you know, when they're at the folk show, they end up singing jam and bread, jam and bread, jam oh, and yeah. bread. And I'm thinking, I don't like that line.
0: <laughs> Is it because you don't like jam and bread?
2: I I don't actually. Are I you don't mind working? toast and bread, but I don't t- toast with or jam on toast. But I don't like jam on bread.
1: It's like tea. I drink with jam and toast. Well, we used to call it. doesn't quite <laughs> we used to it. When, when's home, Like if you don't, you have breakfast, dinner, and tea. We and tea was like, supposed was like. Could be was anything you re- really would tea. be like yeah, yeah it was, was high tea that was so tea I always think of I've never really I've never really analysed that line before but <laughs> now you got me d- thinking it's just that line is that I've just thought
2: yeah. like, oh I don't like that line yeah. I just like it <laughs>
0: I didn't understand what a female deer was. I didn't go, a deer. sing it, it's a good song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ray, a <laughs> doppelganger song. Does <laughs> sun come in drops? I don't know. We can, we can rip these songs apart, <laughs> can't we? But we love them still, it doesn't matter. Of course, Some of Roger things, and Hammerstein. Yeah, Are they, they in it? a carriage
1: when they do that? Were they on the steps? There's one that goes, when you know the They're in both. Notes. Do, as they they yes. do.
0: They do it on the steps, and ah, they also yeah. and they also do it in a carriage.
2: Because yeah, they start off in the mountain when they're learning how to sing, and then it's like when you know. the Then you just put the words yeah. in that replace each of the different <laughs>
1: notes.
0: <laughs> 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 this is quite funny, yeah. Do do do. <laughs> ray, ray, ray. It's it's me it's me me. Like so so so. Do be me me so so. Ray fa fa. Do be me so so. No to sing. You can't sing most anything. I guess.
1: I, <laughs> I guess you could call this a biopic, <laughs> could you? Or biopic?
2: Well, it's about yeah, a real. Okay, person it is yeah. really,
1: you could, yeah. so it does actually fit in with, the, with the, the show. The
2: Van La- Traps. Von Traps. Traps. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess <laughs> the tongue. pronunciations are bad today,
1: aren't they? That's you starting off with saying about biopics or biopics.
0: Biopics, yeah. But I, I, I guess it's it is actually when you think about it it is a biopic yeah. i mean like like all biopics it's extremely fictionalized because mm-hmm. once hollywood gets his life hands on it and there's loads of articles about exactly what the real von Trapps were like and how it was different from yeah. how it was portrayed in the film and how like Maria and Captain von Trapp, it was more of a marriage of convenience at the beginning because he yes. was kind of like, I need someone to look after these children. You'll do.
2: You'll do. <laughs> but they do appear in the film very briefly. Do they? They're, they're, well, in one of the scenes, I think it might be, Doa dear when they're dancing around the fountain in Salzburg, yeah. you see a carriage drive by with a man and woman sitting in a carriage that's maria and georg von trapp no wow. it is. i've seen the film and the extras and all that sort of thing okay
0: that now that is something that we have never, never said, said on this yeah. no, show that we've that's, never that's i think you'd have
2: to pause it but i've seen several programs about the making of um Sunday Sunday music, music. and that is one of the little facts they put in there that but you only you only you'd have to be like eagle-eyed but you see this like horse and carriage end yeah, they're in it
0: well I, okay and i'll like to just sort of like say um Let's talk, because I think all the times we've spoken about this, we haven't actually spoken about the magic of Dame Julie Andrews.
2: No, we haven't.
0: We haven't really focused on it. And the thing is, like, just listening to that, just think that her voice was just so clear, so yeah. clear and so bang on at that time and everything like that. And I think that was good to be one of the great openings of a film yeah. in history because the way the camera sort of, like, goes through the mountains yeah. and, then, and then zooms down, zooms down, and then the music builds, and then this voice just... Cuts through everything yeah. with that. of, I just think awesome. As as I went, she's
2: not conventionally pretty, is she? She, I think she's a handsome one, but I wouldn't say she was like one of these pretty, pretty girls. And I think, but it's that voice. It just, oh, it, just, it like, just parachutes her I, into I think the she, world.
0: She definitely has. I think she definitely had a sort of quality about her. Yeah. It was. It wasn't as. It wasn't like you know as obvious as someone like a Doris Day, no. who was like who you say probably had a similar kind of career. Where yeah. it was, like, it was about singing and it was about that and I'm like you know you had it you- and they
2: sold a certain persona even yeah. though that probably wasn't them. Yeah. Well, we know it wasn't them that yeah. they put on this do good to be true almost image, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> she burst onto the scene with like Mary Poppins, didn't she? And yep. then what was the other one? I was on thinking. Oh. What
0: well, a film that she was in.
2: Yeah. So it's set in the twenties. Yeah. And she's
0: Victor Victoria.
2: No, it's a uh, it's a musical that sort of disappeared from view, but it was after the sound of music. But it was a thoroughly really modern Millie. Thoroughly modern, modern Millie, Millie. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And she was sort of those the three that were really close together, and everyone forgets about thoroughly, thoroughly modern,
1: modern, modern Millie. <laughs> <coughs> we'll have to perhaps we could do that because S- yeah. I thought mm. we did do that. No, no,
0: no, we did the sequel, Molly Brown. Molly Brown. Mm. Yeah, we did the Brown. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I just think of yeah, Julie Andrews. But uh, no, obviously she had this image of everybody thought, oh, she's Mary Poppins, oh, she's Maria von Trapp, oh, she's like you know this lovely person and all that. And, then, and I remember I was watching, as you say, a making of documentary on Mary Poppins. And someone was talking about how behind the scenes, it was kind of like, you know, they yelled cut. And then she was like, the language that came out of Julie <laughs> Andrews' You <now." laughs> and
2: just she, don't expect it, and you know? She was
0: still dressed as Mary Poppins. And also just like, cut. And it's beep beep, 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 I can't believe this. Beep, beep. <laughs> Just like swearing all over the place. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> You're destroying my dream. Was, was,
1: was she married to Mel Brooks?
2: No, um no? she was dire- the director she was oh. married she wasn't she Yeah, oh, right.
1: she was, was married it? to oh good lord the who guy who directed Pink Panther. Pink Panther Pink Panther, oh Blake Edwards. Blake that's, Blake the Edwards. One. that's the one. And he directed I don't know where Mel Brooks come from. I yep. don't know where where that came from. Yeah. Did Mel Brooks ever direct? It? I don't know. Mel Brooks
0: was married to Anne Bancroft. Ah, that's yeah. Yeah, that, mm. that might be it. Yeah. So it's that might be it. But yes. Judith, thank you so much. You've taken us back to Sound of Music and you helped us find something that we f- had forgotten to talk about at the Sound of Music. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. And now we are on to... Hang on. Anybody else? I feel like I don't want to leave Sound of Music just yet. And oh, You don't? <laughs> no. I don't uh, is there anything anybody
1: else wants to say about Sound of Music? Um, the
2: Sound of Music.
1: Who, who, who was it? Who, who was like the sister that sent her off? Because I remember... Oh, I was the, the one Superior. Was, was that a famous singer as well? want Maria well this
2: didn't we we talked about Marnie Dixon quite recently didn't we because she died last month yep and I think one of her few screen roles where she's not just heard but actually seen is in The Sound of Music because that's that isn't I think she plays one of the nuns in Mm -hmm. How to Solve a Problem Like Maria
3: I'm every
2: mountain. that's the mother superior but, the but I don't superior. think that's Marnie Man, no. Dixon no. I think Marnie plays one of the the nuns who the the sings in yeah, oh, yeah. How Do You Solve a Problem like Maria oh, yeah. the that's one of stay? my favourite yeah
1: and I like I have confidence <laughs> oh, they will that's my favourite yeah. uh, ah, yeah, I have confidence okay. but that's yeah, yeah it's, so it's funny it's funny you say that Sean
0: because obviously we've spoken about Sound of Music a couple of times we've spoken about like you know our favourite things and you've spoken about your favourite thing about Sound of Music which is not our favourite things, because that would be too neat. <laughs> <laughs> and each time we've spoken about it, we've asked people, and we said, pick a song. And they have never picked your favourite song. Know. No, I, I know, I know. So Maybe next time. So, so just for you, for one night only. Oh, bless you. <laughs> for one night only, and because I love Sound of Music, and I think that everybody should love Sound of Music, and I think let's play a song. Let's just have more music from the Sound of Music, and the world yeah. will be a better place. Thank so you, Tank. This is another song Sean's favourite song from Southern Music which we've never heard on this show before it is is I Have Confidence
2: <sighs> <laughs> Pick up your the briefcase yep. what will go. this day be
3: like I wonder what will my future be
2: I wonder It could be so exciting to be out in the world, to be free. My heart should be wildly rejoicing. Oh, what's the matter with me? I've always longed for adventure, to do the things I've never done
3: Just for you, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for that. Just I mean, for, <laughs>
1: uh, you nailed it though, and when you said you could hear every single word so clearly. Yeah, you? yeah. And it was it was so tuneful as well.
0: Yeah, I, I
1: think that's a very
0: difficult song to sing. I do, yeah. Because exactly. for bits, I don't really think it has much of a tune. No. And then it just sort of like, I think she just she's awesome. But, Julie, we'll have to have a special on you another day. Especially <laughs> because I love Vic- oh, Victor Victoria's an awesome film. <laughs> but...
1: but It's time for a second clue. Okay, here we go. Frequently called the English Robert De Niro, he recently referred to De Niro as his champion, and he is considered to be a method actor, known for his constant devotion to and research of his roles. He often remains completely in character for the duration of the shooting schedules of his films, even to the point of adversely affecting his health. I got it. <laughs> uh, I've got an idea. You got an idea? I, I, think, I think I've think i got it. Uh, I think you probably have. I, I mean, think. that was... that was. The, if, if you haven't got it this one, you'll definitely, yeah. definitely get it on another one.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it especially when I think about the... When you link it to like the first the first film, and the fact that it was a Pulp Fiction, I was like, okay, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it. I, I know who it is. Um and now it's probably going to turn on that I'm wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we carry on to our hidden gem of a movie. Now, we go and this is a music biopic, which is chosen by Sharon. Yes. And with music biopics, I think you know the cradle to the grave biopic I was talking about. Yes. Music biopics are probably the most common biopic that you get. They're almost kind of like a subsection of their own. Yeah. And they usually go cradle to grave and there's a couple of tropes that they have. For instance, you know that in a music biopic you're going to have the the main character is probably going to have a few marriages yeah, (laughs) a few marriages a few love lives there's going to be an early one that they get married to who helps them through their success and then they're going to ditch them and they're going to especially if they're a man then they're going to go cheat on them there's going to be a few marriages a Mm -hmm. few infidelities there's going to be there's like a sort of like unavoidable descent into drugs because apparently everybody on everybody in the music industry is on drugs And um, there's also the discovery moment where it's like, and that was the moment where everybody realized that Ray or Stevie (laughs) or Johnny was the amazing person they were supposed to be. And this is a film that I've seen a bit of, and I think has a lot of these in it. It has
2: some of those in it, definitely.
0: So this is a music biopic. Would you like to tell us what you've chosen?
2: I have chosen A Lady Sings the Blues.
0: Ah, A Lady Sings the Blues.
2: And it is about Billie Holiday.
0: Billy Holiday.
2: And you're right, it has got those sort of, yeah, tick. It's got ch- abusive childhood, tick. Yep. It's got troubled teens, tick. Yeah. It's got, you know, that discovery moment, tick. <laughs> and it's got your yeah, descent into drugs and madness, Yep. Tick, tick. So, yeah, it has all those moments in it and sort of other traumas. And when I was thinking about this film, I thought in some ways it sort of mirrors a little bit about the Tina Turner biopic, you know, the... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it what Love's got to do with it? Is that what What's Love called? got to do with it? Yeah. Again, you see her in her childhood where she was singing in the church and then she but she was slightly out of sync with the people around her and they have this sort of difficult relationships yeah. and then but she's got these pipes. And that's the same with Billie Holiday, you know, you start off with the film it's in reverse almost. The first scenes you see in the film are of her being committed mm-hmm. where she's in this sort of obviously drugged out, strung out state. And she's not, she's not coherent. And then you see her throwing herself around in this padded cell. Yeah. To the point where they restrain her in a straitjacket. And then she hears music playing. And then she's taken back to where it all began. Yeah. So you have got these, yeah, these standard scenes. And it takes her back to when she was a teen and she was working in a brothel. Yeah. As just like the housemaid. And she used to be, she's fallen fall in love with listening to music. She'd just listened to the music all the time on these gramophone records. And... So she had this traumatic childhood, and then but she ended up. She was aware of the world of like brothels and nightclubs and bars, and so you see her sort of going into these bars where slightly dodgy things were happening. Yeah. But they heard her voice, and then instead of it being like a show where she was expected to dance or expected to flaunt herself, her voice was just like, "Wow, you can just sing, girl, just sing." Yeah. So that her voice takes over, and then the The story progresses through her uh, life when she's like introduced to t- hard drugs, injecting heroin, but then you and you get these clashes where she faces racism in, in its brutalist forms in sort of the southern states of America where she witnesses a lynching mm-hmm. of a young black man and she sort of stumbles across this scene where he's strung up in a tree, and it sort of then you hear her singing "Strange Fruit." And then later on you see her when she's touring with a largely white band, she's the only sort of black person on board. There's there's, there's this Ku Klux Klan march, and you see her shouting abuse at them and them smashing the windows of the bus trying to get to her. So she has these traumas and she has this marriage that you know they there's is passionate but her descent into drugs sort of becomes the love story of sort of that, that overtakes her marriage in many ways but throughout all that she's still producing these amazing songs
0: okay now uh, we'll come back to this but first mm-hmm. of all let's talk a little uh, we talk about the pipes and talk about the voice and let's have a little bit of Billie Holiday okay. singing the song that gave her autobiography its title and which in turn gave this film its title Lady Sings the Blues
3: man she feels so sad
0: now the voice of Billie Holiday Mm -hmm. and now the thing about it is that she just had because they said that there were a lot of people who were like her around that time in the jazz scene but like her voice just like you know nobody sounded like her Mm -hmm. and you can really sound you can hear the I think life you could say in behind that voice which leads me to with something you didn't mention you didn't mention who's actually in the film Lady Sings the Blues and I went straight into the story didn't I without y- y- going y- y- through y- the facts oh, no but you know, it's okay it's, I, I think that's actually quite good because like, we said the scene we've heard Billie Holiday sing and then now can you tell us who it is who actually played Billie Holiday in the movie
2: in the movie um, it was Billie Holiday played by Diana Ross yes in one of her she, I think she I think she did a few film roles but this is the one that absolutely stands out and if i remember did she get nominated for an oscar for this she
0: got nominated for the best actress oscar for it and this was essentially because she be, she came out of the supremes and it was announced on the ed sullivan show which was like the big thing in america at that time at the advent of tv that she was quitting the supremes to go into an acting career and this was the first big role that everybody was going into and there there was a little bit of sort of politics behind it because the film was made by Motown and Diana Ross was yes, like Motown's shiniest Barry Gordy Barry yeah Barry, Barry Gordy yeah. I'm sorry yeah, 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 yeah. Gordy
2: he produced it and did the music and lots of the arrangements. And, and he was actually
0: like I think he was married to Diana Ross at one point Yeah. so obviously she gets the role and I have to admit because this is the thing that always made me worry about this film was Diana Ross I'm like Diana Ross is okay but she is not Billie Holiday and you know. she doesn't sound anything <laughs> like Billy Holiday in my in my uh, estimation. Yeah,
2: no, so- and I think they got she did sing her the, all the songs in it. So yes, yeah, she hasn't got the same voices because in some ways, Billy Holiday's her the, her distinction is that it's an untrained voice, isn't it? You say life sort of seeps out yeah. of every note. Yeah. Whereas you get the feeling that Diana Ross was more trained and choreographed and shaped.
0: I think it was just Diana Ross was just more pop. Yeah. Diana and Ross has more- got
2: that. Texture yeah. to her voice doesn't
0: have that jazz or blues thing to it
2: yeah. but yeah so Diana Ross is a standout in it um, but it also features roles as Billy Dee Williams as her husband Lando
0: Calrissian L- it is Lando Calrissian <laughs> yay yeah.
2: and Richard Pryor he yeah. plays the piano man don't, I don't think if you know his name but it's just called the piano man yeah and he's one of her best friends and he sort of is with her through the beginning of her career when she's playing in one of these brothels and he's, he's kind of the he's
0: kind of the one who gives her her big break
2: yeah mm. and it's just like yeah just sing yeah and yeah there's a there's a sort of uh, a cast of i don't think there's sort of many other names that we would know but you'd know the faces certainly if you saw them or scatman
0: and crothers shows up yes yeah
2: he's in it and then it's directed by a guy called sydney j fury who directed The Ipcrus File and Iron Eagle? So, completely yeah. different <laughs> genres that you different would think. Direction ah. for him. <laughs> but he's got, there's a whole filmography. He's got like 30 films that he was involved in. And I say 90% of them I didn't know. But those ones I thought, yeah, they stand out in their different ways. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think Diana Ross certainly does herself proud on this film she's she does because when i first saw her i was thinking oh no yeah because <laughs> i saw this when i was a bit younger yeah and so i was blown away by it then because i it was one of those things that i knew the film before i knew who billy holiday was so i learned about billy holiday from this film yep and so i all i knew about it was how diana ross had sung these songs and then when i heard billy holiday singing the songs you know, it's a completely different thing yeah. and i'm not a jazz or a blues fan personally it's not my genre at all of music yep. but i can recognize good when i hear it <laughs> 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 and she, and she has got that that timber in her voice that you think yeah you, you, you can, you've
0: you've lived what you're talking about you've lived yeah. and that's
2: all there's the pain in her voice. like nina simone in some ways isn't yeah you think there's a lot of life in that i in think it's kind of
0: like nina simone ella fitzgerald the main thing about it is that when they sing. Like when you, even when she says the line the "Lady Sings the Blues," you can hear, "Oh my God, something happened." She's sad. Something, mm. something's yeah. carrying in that voice, and and yeah, I think that that's that's a great thing about it. Because ha- having said that, you know about if I can go back to Dinah Ross's performance yeah. for a second, and this is something that I thought when I watched it, and that I started doing some research and seeing what people said at the time, and they were all pretty much saying the same thing. Because when I heard Dinah Ross playing um Billy Holiday I was like, no, it would have been better if you just got somebody that nobody knew yes. who just came out and-, mm. and when the film kicks off and uh, as you said with that scene where she's being taken into jail and all that, you're looking at it and going, That's Diana Ross. Yeah. <laughs> and you go you just right. look at you yeah. look at it and just go, That's Diana Ross and when she gets thrown on the floor, that's Diana Ross. And then when it goes into the flashback and when she when she becomes a, a the kid bit, yeah. Diana Ross kind of disappears.
2: Yes, and that's and- when you stop seeing her as Diana Ross. Yeah. The Supreme. And then she starts you'd be started thinking okay this is different now
0: and it actually becomes a performance yeah. of uh, that what well, i think and so i heard a lot of people say that, that within the first four minutes you forget about diana ross and you start yeah. watching the film
2: but as you say the first thing when she's dragged out she's stumbling and she's falling you're thinking oh that's diana yeah, ross diana Ross <laughs> uh, with bad hair
1: <laughs> yeah in the middle of a chain reaction yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not quite that bad yeah but no. <laughs> yeah no
0: but it's, so and I, that was, and I think a lot of people when the film came out they had the they had similar issues with it saying that yeah. like you know for instance just look at that that's well, yeah that's diana ross and it's not really billy holiday and so people still complain going oh it's a good film but that isn't billy holiday no and it's and i can understand that and i think also with the whole sort of biopic thing that i was talking about i was uh, like if i'm watching i think i've watched about 40 minutes of this film and i feel like i know where it's going yes <laughs> I, feel, I feel like i know where it's going but i think as you said it's like it's just a good it's it's a formula that's used time and time again like yeah. you said it's very quite similar to the Tina Turner movie, and that's yeah. because biopics, I think, music music biopics, music, yeah, they they only go in ever, ever go in one direction. They always it's the same thing that full. So same thing with Tina Turner, and people complained that uh, the film Ray, that was released, yes. was very similar to Walk the Line. So the film about Ray right. Charles, yeah. was very similar to the film about Johnny Cash, just released a couple of years later, because it seems that these music biopics always always follow a same. Yeah, a same, pattern. Mm. Follow up pattern. Follow up pattern. That's Even true, so, and we spoke earlier about uh, the James Brown movie, Get On Up. Get On Up. Yeah. And I really, really like that mm. film. Yeah. I really like that film. But I have to admit, it's like, it's kind of you look at it, and you're going, yeah, it's the same pattern. Yeah. And they they mess around with the structure and the chronology yeah. in that film, but it's kind of like the same pattern. I think the show's it's unique, almost again. to
2: the the musical. Biopic, yeah, because of the, the structure, like them being discovered, the child char- they get. You see a glimpse of the childhood, then they're discovered, then they hit it big, and then they hit their troubles, and then maybe. And sometimes they have like this when they sort of resurgence again, or they they suddenly get through their troubles yeah. and they have another hit, or they have mm. another like oh, it, a return. Oh, like when hey you she's back. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> or oh,
0: it, it ends around about the point where they've realized the error of their ways, and then they yeah. come back a little bit wiser, and then the film yeah. ends. And there's a film called Walk Hard. Walk- Hard oh. What's that one? Walker, it's a spoof of musical biopics.
2: Oh right. <laughs>
0: it, it stars John C. Riley in the main character oh, and, and, wow. es- and essentially it's called Walk Hard because it's making fun of Walk, walk the, the Line. line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walk, walk the- and even like the songs that he sings and it just spoofs a whole bunch of different musical biopics of the whole thing's like and there's a bit like for instance, when we talk about drugs, there's a bit where he walks into his into his band and It's like, Hey, what are you doing? It- and the first time he walks in on them, they're doing like pot. And the second time he walks in, they're doing cocaine. And the third time He walks in. They're doing heroin, and one of the band members goes, "You don't want any of this stuff. No, you should take some of it. It's the next logical step for you." (laughs) (laughs) And so, if you can find the film Walk Hard, it's it's like a total. If you've ever seen one of these films, then if you've ever seen one of these films, you will understand what Walk Hard is going on about. So, but um
2: but it's an interesting film. It's made in 1972, Mm -hmm. so it is that post-Supremes, but before Bee Gees, Diana Ross came onto the scene. So she's sort of caught within that period. Where, um, yes yeah, she's she isn't quite larger than life yet. Yeah, she hasn't become, you know, Diana Ross as Diana Ross. She isn't starring in her own film. A diva. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. But I think this interesting sort of thing is it because as a younger person, I didn't have any idea who Billie Holiday was. You know, seeing that sort of nineteen twenties, that sort of struggle in America with sort of the racism, and you know from what you know what history tells us that there's still a long way for them to go mm-hmm. that they had these lynchings but that was in the 20s you've got another 40 odd years to, before the civil rights movement kicks in again yeah trying to sort of claim the ground that you should have had in the 1860s but you're still fighting for it in the 1960s and i suppose at the time when the film was made in 1972 that civil rights movement is still yeah
1: it's just yeah it's, it's still in their that recent memories about. so mm. it's
2: it's something that they want to reflect, the times. And so yeah. when you see her conf- confronting these Ku Klux Klan people and she's shouting abuse at them, that you think, yeah, that's, take it back five years, and that was, a similar thing was happening in the streets of the South in yeah. America. So it, it it was like using that, another device we see in lots of these films, it's using sort of recent history, but then disguising it as older history. Yeah. But still just looking at the issues of the of the day that affect the people in it. So... And I suppose for Diana Ross, in her early career, she would have been faced with racism and with the, the fact that there's oh, some yeah. bars, they wouldn't let her sing in. And so, there's a whole sequence, mm. sorry, don't you. No, no, go on. You there's can. a whole sequence where she's been asked to go on a radio show so that she'd be heard live in America. And they keep bouncing her in favour of other white singers. And they keep on bouncing her so that, and then they say, "Oh, it's the, it's the promoters, they don't really want, you know, yeah. black women mm. on the air, they'd rather have. You know white singers even though safe. it's on the radio yep. yeah they, like they can't see you no. there's, <laughs> so there's what's a, the big deal there's a
0: similar thing in um in uh, get on up with james brown and the rolling stones <laughs> Ah. Right. Yeah, on the Ed Sullivan show, where they promised James Ronald he was going to close the show out, and then they were like, "Oh no, no, no! We're going to put the Rolling Stones on instead." So they give him an earlier slot, and he goes, "Okay." And he goes out there, and he just totally like eclipses, <laughs> 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 eclipses them. And then he walks. There's a bit, there's a scene where he walks past McJagger, and he goes, "Welcome to America." <laughs> so he like, yeah. walks off. Yeah. So it's a, a similar thing in there. And Sharon, you're you're really good at this because you've pretty much just given us a perfect link.
2: I did. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't,
0: you give I'm... us a perfect link to our final. It's the film. next
1: film. Yeah, it yep. has, it's, it's, it's worked out really well. Just, uh, I been mean, just so, uh, Diana Ross. I, I mean, I remember seeing a film called The Wiz. Yes, you yep. the, the, the Wiz. I can't just, remember it, if I liked that or not. It was,
0: it was essentially <laughs> a black version of The Wizard of ah, Oz. Yeah. And she played Dorothy, even though she was around about 40 at the time. Ah. Michael Jackson played the Scarecrow. Ah,
1: that's right. Yeah. And that's where the song, he's
0: on down, he's on down, down the road,
1: the road. Ah, <laughs> there you <go>. comes from. <laughs> but but yeah, that film works in really well too to, our, the next next film. to, to yeah. our next to next to our
0: next film. so imagine, remember what sharon was saying about the civil rights struggles and everything like that when we come that is so perfect i can't believe you did that
1: do <laughs> <laughs> we go to our next film but first clue number three sure clue number three here we go okay now this person is one of the most acclaimed actors of his generation and has earned numerous awards including three academy awards for best actor He's won four BAFTA awards for best actor, and three Screen Actors Guild awards, and two Golden Globe awards. Sharon's got it from that second clue. Oh, oh, Tozin looks a bit stumped. Three Academy Awards. Three
2: Academy Awards. Best actor.
0: Three Academy Awards as best Best actor. actor. Okay, now you've totally thrown me. I thought I knew who he was, and now I do not. You, you, you had act. it.
2: You had it, the last clue.
0: No, no, I did I not. tell
2: the, by the, the, the turning of your eyes.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no I, 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 um, I do not think I had it, the last clue, because no. the person I thought about the last clue has definitely not even won one Academy Award.
1: Okay. okay. Got, who oh, did you think? Just out of interest. I
0: thought I, I was thinking Tim Roth.
1: Tim Roth. Oh, wow. It's that's, that's,
0: that's <laughs>
2: interesting. He's good. I yeah. was thinking Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: Well, if I was to say he was the first actor to win an Oscar for playing an American president, because we were doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's because, yeah. because I was
0: I was think I was thinking about that. I was thinking <laughs> about through who I was like which who has won three act, three actors awards and I would have figured it out if we'd waited until the fourth clue. But you're right, it is Daniel Day Yeah, <laughs> I, was,
1: I wasn't. That was just the the one I'd sort of put in at the end. But you know, were we gonna have four? This oh, week? oh, you only had three. Well, well, that was the three, but I was okay, four cool. was just for, for, to sort of at the end. But okay. uh, Sharon got it from the second clue. The so I told you it write down. it down. Yeah. Then What was the second clue again? That he's the English. Oh, *Robert De Niro*. The uh, De Niro. *Robert De Niro*. And I mean, *Lincoln* was a great film, and, and a lot of films he's done. They've all been been yeah. really good. *Last Man
2: He Can*. Last Oh
1: What a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been on there. *Gangs yeah. to New York*. Yeah. Build a budget.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, good oh. stuff. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, no. I t- when you said the three Academy Awards, and I was like, wait a second. Tim Roth never won an Academy Award because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was definitely thinking Tim
1: Roth because it kind of fitted. But yeah, but I'm glad. I'm, well. I'm 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 glad that Foxed you because normally you're pretty good. I was <laughs> certain you got that as well. <laughs> so all,
0: all right. Okay. Now we go to a final f- so film choice, which is the exception to the rule this is a film that has been made after 1980 which is a cut off date usually on this show but we think this is a good enough film to have appeared at any time now this is a film that we kind of picked almost by committee and mm-hmm. everything like that it's a film that i have heard is great i've never watched it and i really really did want to watch it it um, did um, it made a, it made quite a bit of a splash especially especially when it got to the um to the academy awards and it's the song the main song from the movie was nominated for a best um best academy award song and the performance of this kind of brought the house down had like mm. people in tears and everything like that and i have to admit i heard the song for the first time today because i've been avoiding the song for a couple of years and it did have me in tears by the time like it kicked off so we're going to play the song first before we talk about the film and from the movie selma here is the song glory Yes that was the f- song Glory from the film Selma and I I have a little something in my eye but I might to keep it together <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's just because I'm black or whatever it is it's but John
2: Legend he does it every time John Legend and Common
0: John Legend and Common here yeah, sang that song uh, wrote and sang that song and when it when the f- song kicked off I was just kind of like and it was one of the things that totally caught me off guard I was like what what no
3: nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: oh my God. so Sean, would you like to tell us what that film's about
1: Indeed yeah this film is um obviously uh, it is a biopic but, yes. but, it's, but it's like it's that like, narrow I, yeah it's i think it's the second type it's it's a it's a biopic of an event what we were talking about yeah. of an event that yeah. happened yeah this, this is and and the main character obviously Dr Martin Luther King and it's about a march from the, there was this march from Selma to Montgomery in Alabama which was a, a civil rights march and i think it was so famous because al- although there were some some violent episodes it was actually the start when some of the the bills in Congress used to get, you know, get changed because it was publicized so much because yeah. of the thing. So with all the publicity that it got, this march, it started making people. I think Johnson was on the was the president at the time, and he tried to bring in these civil rights bills, which, yeah. And then you you know went from there. So so it's a really really important time, I think. You know you know it shows that 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 one one important time where where things really really needed to change. Mm. You know. Um, and it's a great march, and there's loads of characters in it. um You've seen it as well, Sharon, have haven't you, it you Yeah, you Yeah. And I mean, I mean, for me, that I think it had a bit of an impact and, and a bit more of an insight because you always hear of, you know, you hear Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, all that. And you, but, have, um, you hear the, like, I have a dream no, today. Yeah I, have a, yeah, 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 I have a dream. And this sort of uh, makes him more, you know, you can see where he's coming from, makes him more human because he's got a lot of things to do with it. You know, he's got the, because I think he actually, meets mark matchers hill we should be violent and and so he's got a lot of you know yeah, whereas you just see him all the yeah versus violent yeah. Opp- opposition but yeah lots yeah. of lots of um and uh, it's great. It's, it's a it's a period in history i think which is really really important you know i mean yeah. i mean all those types of things are really... because even really though
2: we in this country we tend to look at it from a slight distance because you no know, we even though we've had our racial problems in this country it wasn't as in your face no, it wasn't
0: it, it, wasn't, it was, wasn't as pronounced as yeah. as it was no, in america so we can't yeah. say
2: this this was not our problem because we have we had our issues yeah, yeah. and we probably still have to some degree yeah. but you know this was where it was such a a powerful Especially, sort of yeah. confrontation between these people who wanted to protest peacefully i think that for me was the striking thing was striking thing yeah they could have gone out there kicking and screaming because like, yeah. there's one scene where they're marching across a bridge and you see all these like statesmen lined statesmen. up on the yeah. side. and there yeah. you can see they've they're, they're handing their guns and their batons go, and they? stuff and they're on horses and this line they're women they're like older women they're they're um the members of the clergy mm-hmm. and they're walking along peacefully then you suddenly see these Big,
1: powerful yeah. so, men. I, I think there's even a rabbi, into there? them. That yeah, rabbi's yeah, rabbi there. And, you know, and that a rabbi. brought
2: me to tears when I watched it. I just yeah. couldn't believe I was seeing that because you're thinking, how could you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know that then, and because when I watched one of the programmes like the making of Selma, and it said they used the real footage of it because it was being recorded because mm. this was such a, pu- a, pu- a well-publicized event yeah. that you had these images of someone, lay- of a statesman—I uh, don't know if he's a tall man or he was a law enforcer or
3: someone—on
2: yeah. from horseback laying into like an elderly black woman mm. with like this baton, and just you could see there's no holding back; he's using his full weight, just knocking yeah. her to her knees. And you think, how could you do that? Well, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And you're filled with outrage, and you you yeah. just can't not watch it and think how dare you how, how that do happened. that to another human yeah. being
3: yeah
2: and I think that's where you feel motivated to you really feel like saying you know because these are people you think how yeah. could you do that to a person of your Something. own country these yeah. are your own country that's right how could you do that yeah,
0: they didn't think so
2: <laughs> but they didn't regard them as being there. Yeah. these people and at the beginning it's a very telling scene isn't it one of the ladies who sort of like was a member of the church of Dr Martin Luther King who turns up to register to vote mm-hmm. and they said Oh, we and, and she keeps about on this, turning yeah, up, to keeps to vote. up she goes to the county courthouse because apparently you can have the right to vote but to be eligible to actually cast your vote you have to fill in this form yeah. to get the permission to actually turn up at the ballot station and get your ballot paper yeah. and she's an elderly lady but she keeps on turning up saying I want to be able to vote and they say to her okay you've got to learn the constitution what's the Third Amendment yeah. and she has to recite and she and they said, Okay, and she had reads recites the constitution yep. and she says, Okay, who's the senator of alaska Yeah. And it's like <laughs> It's just yeah, it puts so much any, you know, it's just any anything. excuse to so and then they says, sorry, and then declined. It stamps Declamps her so and she keeps like, going so. back and she and he says, How many times is this now? And it's like five or six times but she's tried to register yeah. to vote. And it's like you've had the right to vote since so like eighteen sixty three but they keep finding another way to, of just to, stopping, to stop me. You.
3: yeah,
2: and mm. it's got to the point where I' like, saying that it's no point having the right to vote if you're not going to let us vote, <laughs> and yeah. so this sort of acts as a catalyst, doesn't it, it for does, them to yeah. actually say,
1: right, okay, we
2: can't take this anymore, but yeah. they do it peacefully, which is like, with, which moves me, and then there's a call goes out like around the country saying, like, do you want to support these people and people come from all over the country they do yeah. yeah. To support them and march with them and so from being and, like and, 20 uh, no, people not just
0: black people as well but like, no and yeah. one
2: of the people who gets killed in an assault is their white minister from that's right who yeah. comes from up north, north somewhere yeah and he's set upon by a group of racists who had seen him in the march, and he's mm. beaten to death, basically.
0: That's right. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, that probably sort of like played a big role in people going, "Oh, dear, this is not just their problem anymore. Yeah, mm. <laughs> so
2: this is like, this is coming into our homes and into it, our lives. Yeah, so. it's
0: a bit like okay, to slightly change the subject before I start crying, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a bit like suffragette. Like, you yes, know, how you I assist, did think yeah, of that yeah, actually yeah, when yeah.
2: I was talking about it, though. When like you see the, the women being hit and brutalized.
0: And how the, how the fact that after everything that they tried and they tried and they tried and they eventually took, like, you know, um what, First
2: World War, effectively.
0: What was, what was her name? The lady who got run over by the King's horse.
2: Emily Davidson. Yeah, Emily, Emily
0: Davidson. Davidson. Yeah, eventually took that for people to go, whoa, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we need to do something about this. Yeah. So it's a bit like that. But uh, okay, um, let's let's move on from the subject matter because I feel myself that close to, to breaking uh, down into yeah. <laughs> let's move from the subject matter um, the performance of David Oyelowo yeah, as, yeah. as Martin Luther King as- because that's a those are some pretty big shoes to fill. Really, yeah, yeah. they're they like to say, oh, you're going to play Martin Luther King, only the one of the most great orators of like the 21st century, yeah. who who walked out there and he he's inspired all these people, and is like a larger than life character just because of what he managed to do and who managed to lead but he comes in and he gives this performance Yeah, and he does it and it's, he nails it it's, it's a great and performance and Common is
2: obviously Common did the song but Common is in this yeah, film yeah 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 because f- Common does a lot of acting he does a lot of acting as well yeah. but he's in the film as mm-hmm. one of his pals yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah Sean you were going to say good. something about the performance yeah no I think the performance is brilliant uh, absolutely you know it's, it's, it, uh, as I say it's like like Scott and Patton mm-hmm. you know it. it you just, don't see him. you just but don't see him character. anymore. Pardon? You just don't see him anymore. No, you just don't see him <laughs> anymore.
2: <laughs> but I think it caused a bit of consternation, didn't it, at the time that he wasn't nominated. For, that he for wasn't nominated
0: role. for an Oscar. Yeah, so it's he
2: was. I think he was. He was equal, if not greater, than some of the roles that were nominated. I,
0: I was actually looking this up earlier today, and the other people who were nominated for an Oscar in that year were Eddie Redmayne for. Okay, I'll, I'll say the name. You you tell me what film. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne.
2: Oh the Stephen Hawking.
1: Film. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Theory, of
0: everything. Theory, Theory of Everything. Benedict Cumberbatch.
2: Oh, that was another the, biopic, the imi- wasn't it? That imi- was Imitation? Imitation Game. Imitation
0: Game, game. game. yeah. Michael Keaton. Birdman. 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 Or the or the what was it? The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um let's see, Bradley Cooper. Is
2: that American S- Sniper?
3: Yes, American wow, Sniper. Done,
1: Sharon. And Stephen Carell Uh was that the 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 running one the the oh the
2: fox catcher
0: the fox fox catcher, fox catcher yeah those are the those are the five films where someone got nominated for best actually actors.
2: nearly all of them are based on real people
0: yeah pretty much
2: um, pretty much yeah <laughs> pretty much look <Living laughs> yeah.
0: at that yeah pr- pretty <laughs> much and, and, and I think uh, he's probably the equal uh, I th- I th- certainly I think, yeah, yeah and I think um, also the lady who because this film was directed by a lady. Called Ava DuVernay. Yeah. And she, and people, I think till today, people are still kind of like yelling about the fact that she was not more recognized for mm-hmm. what she did with the film. Yeah. But, and uh, so the year after this, they had the whole Oscar So White um, controversy. Yeah. And I think this year, I think the year that Selma was released would have been a better year to actually make that point. Because yes. it would have been a there much was a year. Film, There was a worthy film. There was a worthy film, worthy performance. Yeah, because the year after was, it was
2: like straight out of Compton, wasn't it? It was like saying, "Look, why well, haven't you nominated straight out of Compton?" You think? Yeah, I, I eh. think. I think.
0: I think the the they they've chosen the wrong year. They, yeah, they made yeah. a the yell because the fact that it was it was a film about the civil rights struggle. Yeah. and the fact that and there was even a because I saw before. At the Oscars, there's an actress called Octavia Spencer. Yes, who she actually and she said she she made the point as like this film depicted a lot of struggles that are still going on today. Yes, that would just have been a perfect moment yeah. for them to have done yeah. it but
2: what she was in the help wasn't she
0: yeah
1: she was she won the yeah. best supporting actress for the yeah, Help. yeah because she's yeah, yeah a powerful actress in she's she's brilliant I, t- I tell you i watched race the other day on about another book oh, oh, yeah. i actually caught up with it remember i missed it last yeah, time yeah, oh yes yeah. Yeah, about it's jesse owen the jesse owen movie it's great a great film, film isn't it great, great film, film. <laughs> so,
2: yeah i need to watch yeah.
0: that okay we will we'll wrap up the show now, and we've left off ten minutes <laughs> to talk about to talk about what we've seen at the cinema recently. So we are gonna go, we're gonna whistle stop tour through a whole bunch of films that we've seen at the cinema recently that we can either recommend or not recommend that you go see uh, when you get out of the hospital. So,
1: um, Sean, what have you seen? I've seen quite a lot. I've I've watched The Mechanic. Um, I've watched Morgan. The Man- Mechanic Resurrection. Man- because it's a sequel. Yeah, the sequel. Well, wow, yeah. it was the sequel to the. The original, the, the original film was a jam, uh, Charles Bronson film in 1972. This is Portal this is a sequel to the remake, yeah, a sequel Statham. to the remake, yeah. starring Jason Statham. Yeah, um, I saw that one too. And it'll uh, well, be interesting to see what you think. Let down at the end for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What else have you seen? Um, I've seen Morgan, mm-hmm. which if you've it's seen a sci-fi, seen sci-fi movie about movie, yeah. that
0: they make a new breed of like species. If you've seen it,
1: Ex Machina, Machina, have you seen Ex Machina? Yep. Hello oh wait okay it's basically it's basically it ex machina
0: it was basically that it, it sounds it sounds like to me like it's a mix between X machina and did you ever see
1: species yeah, species, see kind of species. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 species yeah <laughs> species, yeah. <laughs> species yeah. yeah so but so i mean it's okay um yeah what else? okay it's been a really bad year sausage party which don't go and see because it's, it's <laughs> you know well you can if you if okay. you don't mind being okay. really okay. really super offended
0: well, well okay let me put it this way let me put it this a sausage party <laughs> sausage party is an animated movie about food stuff so it starts off in essentially this kind of american tesco but in this in this world all the food is sentient and all the food knows and they have this whole religion built up which is that the gods Will come in every day and they will take them and they'll take them out of the sliding <laughs> doors into the great beyond where they will be looked after and it will be wonderful and life will be and that's what life is all about.
2: Paradise for food stuff.
0: Essentially, uh. leave, so leaving the shop is paradise for food stuff and that that's what this whole thing is about. And then it, it turns into a horror movie for the food because they realize that the gods eat eaten. them. <laughs> and so so Sausage Party is it's hilarious it is very clever it yeah, actually extremely clever it is very clever it actually manages to hit some deep points I think for me one f- the way they actually manage to go because they have things like they have the potatoes and the potatoes are Irish Irish yeah there's nothing sacred all the potatoes oh I've been
1: chosen I've been chosen oh daddy boy <laughs> the pipes, the pipes <laughs> are calling
0: <cold." laughs> yeah. right? so like the potatoes are Irish and then you have a bagel the bagel is obviously Jewish and yeah. not only is it bagel taco, jewish taco. the base bagel is woody allen okay <laughs> it's pretty much like it's pretty yeah. is edward norton doing a bang yeah. on woody allen impression really? yeah
1: really bang on woody allen <laughs> impression the,
0: the taco the taco is mexican voiced, mexican. voiced by salma hayek yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you have like bottles of tequila <laughs> yes. that are, you have uh, they have like oh, oh you have a drink called fire water that's a native in native american kind, <laughs> kind of thing yeah. and so it, it goes through all these things and i think it's a very clever film very, oh, clever. I very clever i think it had some deep moments because it has a lavash, which is apparently is kind of like an Arab kind of bread, and so you okay. have this whole thing. Which you have, you have a lavash and the bagel, and then they have like a co- conflict between them, and they use a lavash and a bagel to explore the sort of Israeli-Palestine. Is- they, s- they They
1: do. They, they say, yeah. no you pushed us out of the West Isle. You know, it's <laughs> all about isles. Is what <laughs> they've been on, and, and I- you've got this." you got the shelf didn't you? Like, and, I, I, I
0: think i think the, the way they do it for, for one of the, one of my favorite lines of the film is the bit where they're walking along and like the bagel and the lavash are walking along and the bagel kind of goes oh i just can't wait to get back home and have some hummus and it's yes. like oh you know hummus no, i know hummus, hummus too yeah, he's a very it. good that's friend the, of mine that's
1: the one yeah that's,
0: <laughs> that's, that's... And, and, and it goes it goes you like hummus we like hummus any friend of hummus is a friend Get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, and it's like and it's so it's very clever. But yeah. the thing is, it's
2: extremely rude. Really? I've seen this the trailer <laughs> and I looked at it thinking, Oh is that supposed to look like it's supposed to look like that? Yes it is. <laughs> yes, and then I, after about two seconds of the trailer I was like I say It's
0: <laughs> <Well, laughs> a bit saucy honestly you know this film this film is rude it is, yes. totally, it is totally it is so rude yeah. the the language that's used in it is kind of like will make a sailor blush okay. the, the things they say and the things they get up to and bearing in mind this is an animated movie this is an animated movie and this is an animated movie about food so you're talking yes. about sausages and bread buns and tacos and like well Yeah, all that and, and, and it's and sort and of beets. all sexual
2: imagery, isn't well, it? Well, you're well, thinking, uh, Oh, well, I said. Well,
0: no, 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 but you have these are food stuff. It has a scene that a friend of mine who's not particularly prudish, I mean like, totally the opposite. Yeah. There's a there's a scene towards the end of the film, which my friend looked at it and he said, Oh my god, I think that's probably the most X rated thing I've ever
2: seen oh, <laughs> in
3: goodness.
0: cinema. So if you like your stuff rude, go watch this film. Rude if, and funny. If you cannot, you know, if you can't handle the rude, but the, because the thing is that all the funny and the funny and the clever and the deep is hidden beneath all the rude. rude okay. Yeah, so actually. I think
2: I might have to give that one a miss because <laughs> yeah. I am. I, I would yeah. honestly say you know, think, if it's rated fifteen, I tend to be like, oh, well, should I watch? It well, if it's no, a 15?
0: No, I, I honestly think that <laughs> if you have problems with things that are rude. Avoid sausage party. Yes, Be- think, yeah. Because yeah. because there are some things you cannot unsee.
2: Yeah, I'm slightly embarrassed <laughs> by even saying the title of the film, so I think maybe I I,
1: I the, probably shouldn't the, there but, but, are some, but you've <laughs> seen the purge.
2: <laughs> I've seen the purge, yeah.
1: You Violence like, I James can handle. Red.
2: Saucy sausages I can't <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, saucy doesn't begin. Anyway, no, no, doesn't. <laughs> no, doesn't yeah, doesn't <laughs> even <laughs> <laughs> begin. But, okay. Okay, Carrie, okay, so you were saying The Purge, The Purge election year. I so. saw The
2: Purge election year, yeah. See, I like The Purge series. It's a third film in a series of films set in a America of the future, but it's almost like a parallel future that it's it looks like now, but it's not. Yeah. So it's like a recognisable America. Yeah. And basically, a number of years ago, there was a new founding father. So there's a new political system set up. And they thought a way of combating the rising violent crime in America was by having one night a year, a 12-hour period, where there are no rules, there are no laws, where anything goes. You can do anything you want, no matter how violent, no matter how vile. Even
1: everything's legal. even. Everything's even legal, murder. but
2: there'd be no repercussions for that 12 hours. So it's like saying, OK, you save it up, and then you do it on the purge night, and then the rest of the year you keep it, you know, yeah, yeah. tight. And so this is the third in the series, where the first one it's like you see it from one family's point of view. In a house. In a house. The second year it is Spans so you see what's like life on the streets, yep. and this is almost like a not a conclusion, but it's like how they're trying to combat the purge and saying, Okay, the, as a political thing. So, this is like the political elite saying, We don't think the purge works, we think it's a tool to use to eliminate the poor. Yeah, and you see mm. this from the point of view of a senator who's trying to make the purge illegal again. Did, did you enjoy it? Well, I did enjoy it. It's violent, it's you know, sort of anarchic, but I enjoyed it. I uh, it's
1: it. no sausage party, <laughs> no <laughs> sausage I think party. to me, though. Um, and you'll probably know why that. Again, why have films have let me down so much? The very end, you know, the, the yeah. I think car it's park. that
2: whole false ending That's thing where they just keep. why they, they have
1: to do that? It could have finished. Yeah, and they then like they have to have like on three endings. Bit more. Yeah, you know, you have
2: got three endings. Got the, same like, the bad man gets his comeuppance. Oh, and there's another so, bit. Yeah. Oh, and then the bad man gets his comeuppance. Oh, and there's another bit. There's, you know, so it's like just end the film. It's
1: like the end of Bourne. You know, what I mean, same yeah. same thing. And it's just why do they have to put these little bits <laughs> on the end? Because I mean, it could have finished, couldn't it? It could have quite easily. No
0: needed to go into another thing oh okay and uh, on that note we have to wrap things up because we have had so much fun here today just talking (laughs) about stuff thank you so much for joining us Judith thank you for people for choosing the films thank you for the people who made the films because this was really really great to everybody in the hospital get well soon listen to your doctors get home watch some films and remember there's always they they don't don't make them like 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 they used used to. to